How we doing, folks? My guest today is going to be Ron Duncan. Ron was a monster truck driver for over 15 years, and he competed in the truck sponsored by Maverick called Monster Tracker. During Ron's career, he went up against some of the biggest names in the monster truck world, beating the likes of Gravedigger and Bigfoot, and also being named the Sportsman of the Year by Monster Jam Awards. Ron was also featured in Nitro Circus the Movie 3D, Thrill Billies, and narrated the Travis Pastrana documentary, 199 Lives, The Travis Pastrana Story. In this episode, we discuss not only Ron's journey, but the motorsports world and how you can never stop grinding when you are trying to chase your dream. I hope you enjoy Ron's journey of failures and successes so far. And please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks, folks. Enjoy. We Cheers. are rolling. Cheers, my man. Clink. Appreciate it. Oh, oh yeah there we go <laughs> happy holidays uh, happy thanksgiving coming up uh ronnie d the dunk in the house thank you sir for taking the time i really appreciate it no thanks so much i uh i've been looking forward to to coming on and chatting with you this is a great thing you got going on and you're doing a magnificent job so congrats my man thank you my man i uh, i appreciate it now you're probably gonna have to talk very slowly to me because there is a lot about the monster truck world that I don't know. I've tried to do a, a bunch of research on it, try to, you know, catch up. Cause I've, you know, I saw you race uh, a few times over the years, the Mav center and, and different spots um, around. And, and it's one of those things that it's interesting to try to get into that world. You know, it's like the world of mobile skiing. It is a little bit unique and the people that are kind of involved and that are into it uh, totally love it. And I know you uh, had quite the, quite the following as the uh, monster tracker driver for the uh, for the Mav there and how I mean just kind of take me through because I mean it was a long time what about 13 years right this was your last season this year yeah, uh, we just wrapped up uh, September 20th at the Utah State Fair was my uh, last competition until you know I've got tons of friends still in the industry and I can assure you there'll probably be a time Mm -hmm. somewhere down the road that somebody's going to call and need me to fill a seat and I'll be ready to jump right. when that happens, you know, yeah. but, uh, it was, it was a ton of fun. I can tell you this. Um, I've been extremely blessed to do what I've done over all those years, but as you know, uh, much like bump skiing, there begins a time where the body says, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, go, I mean, it's one of those things I was uh, watching uh, just the amount of horsepower and, and truck that you're kind of have to handle and, and have to deal with. Do you guys make it look pretty easy? The amount of G's and stuff that you guys are, are generating and holding on to. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You know, uh, a monster truck is an amazing, amazing piece of equipment and, with the way the sport evolves, much like some of the things you're involved with in something, uh, uh, the technology, dude, it's like, man, we're flying a, a 12 foot tall, 10,000 pound truck, like damn dirt bikes anymore. And it's uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. You know, um, I kind of come from a racing background. I grew up, started on BMX bikes, you know, moved to motocross. Um, got bucked off more than my fair share of times, um, broken bones, this, that, and the other. And you know what they say, Bobby, with age comes a cage. <laughs> at, that point, at that point, I decided to maybe transition into, into racing. And, you know, I run some, some midgets, some sprint cars, open wheel cars for a while, um, mm -hmm. run, uh, train cars back in the day and uh, to start out I was always involved in in charge of Mavericks uh, giveaway promotion where we gave away during the intermission of Mavericks Clash of the Titans monster truck show out at Rocky Mountain Raceways which was a show mind you that was 23 years long wow never missed never missed a show but I was responsible for these giveaway trucks mm -hmm. and we lo and behold, give away, I want to say six or seven of them wow. through the years. And, and at that point 
the brass for Maverick felt as though that maybe the promotion had run its course and, and they wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maverick and, and the boys at Maverick at the time with their grand vision say, well, how do we top what we've been doing? Which that was a pretty tall order to be honest with you. And I went way out on a limb and says, well, what about you guys? Think about getting a real monster truck thinking they would laugh me right out of the boardroom and I'll be damned if they didn't say, could you get us one, Ron? (laughs) Perfect. The rest was history. From there, I jumped on a plane. I flew down to uh, Volusia County Fairgrounds, uh, which is right outside of Daytona Beach. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the speed capital of uh, uh, the Eastern Seaboard world, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, and climbed in a truck and, and from there got some seat time. And I'll be honest with you, man, the first time I got in a truck, it was, it was different. Dude. Mm-hmm. You climb up in it and, you know, uh, you can't see anything, but the curvature of the earth, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. wow, I'm trying to drive it mm-hmm. out of the windshield. Well, you know, my fellow drivers, bless their hearts, they're like, you know, nobody wants to give too much information because they think you're there just to poach their seat. Right. Well, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get my own truck. I'll, I'll figure it out. And so I got with a couple of buddies that, you know, kind of showed me how to, how to handle the truck and whatnot. And the first time I got in, I wasn't digging it at all. Yeah. Is that just, just cause you're so much. Yeah. Just out of the comfort zone, huh? Just way, way out of the comfort zone. Uh, and, uh, I drove over the first car stack and I'm like, this is horrible, man. Why would anybody want to do this? It's loud in here. You can't hear yourself think, you know, you're sitting on top of a, a blown alcohol motor that's pumping out 1500 plus horsepower. And it was crazy. You know, where you, you drive the rear steer with a a toggle switch, like a joystick for the rear steer. And then you're driving the front, uh, the front tires with the steering wheel. Okay. Um, But now I got in it and, and I thought, man, this is your shot. This is your one time opportunity you know, you've dreamed about this your entire life. Maybe you better do something with it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just figured, what bad could happen? I'm in a roll cage with seatbelt trapped around me. Let's mm-hmm. give her. Yeah. <laughs> that's the right attitude. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, like, so going, what what is that experience like? Kind of, as you say, you know, you're a little bit out of the comfort zone. I mean, what's, what's that torque and what's, you know, you're kind of dealing with some guys that you say that don't want to give you any tips. Don't want to give you any help. Like, Hey, I'm kind of <laughs> trying to figure this freaking thing out. What do I, what do I need to do here? It, exactly. And, you know, I, I finally uh, pleaded and, and begged with uh, uh, one of the drivers I knew and I'm like, dude, will you climb up in here and, and just show me, how everything worked dude there's levers and knobs in there and stuff that i'd never even seen before and they're like ah you just pull this lever you flip that switch it's gonna fire up you'll be fine and i'm like wait a minute i don't think that's gonna work so uh i figured that part out you know it it wasn't a lot a lot more different than some of the race cars i'd been in and and whatnot but then it was like man, dude, I'm parked in the pits and there's motorhomes and there's semis and there's rental cars around. And I feel like I'm hemmed in, you know, I'm like, I'm going to get in this thing and dude, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce it off a motorhome. I'm going to hit a rental car and we're going to have some real issues. You know, uh, Just get up in here and show me. He's like, I'm not getting in there with you, Ron. That thing's only got one seat. The throttle is extremely touchy. You'll touch the throttle you'll spit me out you'll run me over with the back tire and i'm like i swear to god man i won't do that <laughs> so so he did get in there and, and and show me and i drove it up to the starting line and and like i say the first time i pulled up the cars the cars disappeared you know mm-hmm. well nobody in their infinite wisdom told me 
Well, as soon as you lose your plane of sight, mm-hmm. you know, switch and everything below the dashboard is plexiglass. So okay. from there, you're driving over your feet. So, yeah. to speak. and that's right. how you kind of line up things. Uh, that's how you line up uh, to hit cars, van stacks, motorhomes. I've driven over, you know, motorhomes, school buses, all sorts of stuff. But uh, the, the funny thing is, I tell everybody they should have the opportunity to drive a monster truck one time. And that's preferably about 4.30 in the afternoon on a Friday afternoon on their local freeway. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, well, that would be pretty nice. You know, just smile <laughs> as you drive over, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I could uh, certainly do some damage, you know. Luckily, we don't have too much too much traffic here, but it's, it's getting a little worse. But somewhere like L.A., New York, you'd, you'd, get, you'd get a real joy, you know, be... Yeah, that would be so much right because you just drive straight over stuff. Mm-hmm. You have no idea with that kind of power and whatnot, and you know, for something that weighs ten thousand plus pounds, you know, that motor pushes it very well. You've seen the truck, you've seen it yeah. fly, you know what it can do, and and now you know when when I first started driving monster trucks, mm-hmm. I was always shocked that. We never had the opportunity to go out in just an empty arena or a stadium or a racetrack and just shake it down, you know, go drive it, get the mm-hmm. feel of it, you know. Uh, so you uh, always went in like show to show to show. You didn't really get the, what, I mean, what was show. the practice? Been a wedge, dude. No, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, so no practice time. Just all right. Oh, this is good. That's just, crazy. That's crazy. You just go in straight up. All right, Ron, we're throwing into the show. Good luck. <laughs> the, the, the throttle's a little sensitive. Buckle up, partner. Yeah, yeah. Make sure those belts are tight because it's probably gonna hurt you. <laughs> so what's the first what's the first crash like for you then when you when things don't go right and you're like, oh fuck, this is not gonna end well. <laughs> I love these podcasts. By the way. It's like being on with uh, uh, Howard Stern. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, just like Howard Stern. <laughs> We're talking serious. Hmm. Uh, uh, serious, though. Yeah, serious. Well, well it was like the first time I, I ever flipped the truck, it was a band stack. Okay. Uh, it was at just, it was a smaller show. It was an arena show in Ogden at the old Ogden Stadium, right there off of Washington Boulevard. And it, it was snowing. It was late in the year. It was like October, dude, and we just had one of those squalls come through, and it was dark in the arena. It was hard to see. I wasn't squared up. I hit the band stack. I was like one of the first or second trucks to go mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, as the new guy, you go first. <laughs> gotcha. And everything's fresh and sharp, and, you know, it will launch you for sure. Uh, uh, as, as you progress and go later in the show, you know, you have less and less to work with because everything's smashed down. So, but, so does that make it, is it, is, so it's better to go later? Is it more like veteran, like you want you the know, course when it's a little more kind of beat up? Correct. Okay. Which is weird, but, you know, we feed off the fans' excitement. Mm-hmm. You know what sure. I mean? So yeah. you have that crescendo, if you will, mm-hmm. that they build up to. So, I mean, even, even some of the guys that go, later or whatnot you know they could they could flip early or they could break early but they were the last one to go and Mm -hmm. and with the band cheer off or whatnot yep you know those guys always have the the opportunity to to steal the show right which you you worked your way into you built your way up into that exactly (laughs) that's kind of the end of that had to feel rewarding for you right because for sure i mean the amount of, and that's one of the things I think for, for, uh, that most people wouldn't think about, uh, is the travel, you know, um, every, every weekend in the summer and kind of, that's the season, right? I mean, you're every weekend, you're off in a different spot, kind of, kind of going um, and competing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart by any means. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I have a crew chief that, you know, is, is very dear to my heart, just for the simple fact that 
you know, I wreck it. He puts it back together. He loves what he does. I love what I do. And dude, when we're traveling, I mean, literally our season starts first weekend in January with first quarter is what we call it. First quarter is when you're doing all the indoor shows, your, your arenas and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, some of the stadiums. And then from there you, you progress and about, you know, uh, uh, mid-May that uh, first quarter usually goes from January to the end of March okay starts to so warm up a little bit yeah. Have a, uh, yeah we usually have a, a few weeks off in March and then you start right back in April and you'll run say like the fair circuit or the outdoor racing events and whatnot through mm-hmm. the end of August September and I've been doing it long enough. The promoters knew not to call me after October. That's duck hunting season. <laughs> yeah, it's time for the, yeah. Got to get those birds, right? That's right. <laughs> Marsh rat. Yeah. So, I mean, that's crazy how long, I mean, bouncing from, from weekend to weekend. And I'm sure it's just inevitable, the amount of issues that you run into with the truck. I mean, shit's going to break down. It's just a matter of, I mean, with the amount of horsepower, the amount of all the the jumping and land, I mean, what, what are those repairs like week in, week out? Dude, there's a lot of late nights. I mean, really. And, and the way the circuit's usually set up, um, depending on where you're at or what the event is, you'll have two to three shows in a weekend. So we're talking about doing a Friday night show many times, depending on where we are just because the promoters like to whore you out and you're already there. So <laughs> it's like, well, you guys are going to do a matinee on Saturday afternoon, and then you'll come right back and do a Saturday night show. And uh, there's a lot of work. It, it, you know, the one thing about the monster truck is not if it breaks, it's when it breaks. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do too much with a piece of equipment that just, you know, you always find those weaklings. There's always axles to break. There's champagnes on the outer, uh, on the outer housings. There's, there's a variety of different things that, you know, it just doesn't translate that well with the horsepower to weight ratio. And then we're flying them 20 feet in the air, like a dirt bike, you know, it's going to break. Yeah. So does that, does it help at all? Like when you were originally going through and you're kind of picking out your, your truck, I mean, does that make any difference in, in going on the lot and seeing, you know, how much can you kind of customize uh, to kind of mitigate the amount of, of damage you can do? Is it like you pay more upfront to have less breakage on the back end or, or kind of how does that, how does that work? Uh, that's a great question for sure. You know, and, and there's different setups. I mean, um, mm-hmm. There's trucks that are, 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 are built a little different with, say, heavier axles or whatnot, uh, um, a little stouter parts. But with that comes, you know, a weight disadvantage, too. Okay. You know what I mean? I always try to drive kind of a lighter weight truck and be a little quicker in, in racing. And um, uh, style was always fun, but there's always that guy that's just going to burn it to the ground. You know what I mean? What do you mean by, by burn it to the ground? Just he'll destroy his equipment. Okay. And okay. He wants to put his name in lights, which everybody loves to do for mm-hmm. sure. But by doing that, it comes at a severe cost. Sure. You know? And it's a long season, right? Like if and you're trying to make it. Season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, if, uh, if you destroy your your truck one weekend you know well in five days we're in denver you know that makes for a long time and the other thing is you know with with myself and my crew chief he owns an off-road shop up in ogden called all pro performance Mm -hmm. uh and i've always had a day gig you know i'm a working man too so this is more hobby time so it's like having an additional full-time job and then some Yeah. Yeah. So you really, I mean, does that speak to just kind of the love and and kind of passion you you've always had for those kind of motorsports? I mean, it's kind of been in your blood from what you were talking about earlier, you know, BMX and kind of 
kind of starting out. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just the, the, the entertainer factor mm-hmm. of it, dude, I love it. There was nothing better than doing our pit parties and stuff. And don't get me wrong, dude, it was grueling. Like you say, and, and we were set up to where we did it just enough that dude, it was borderline overwhelming, but albeit it's not our full-time gig. So we kind of pick and choose our events. And we would run anywhere from, you know, 14 to 22 shows a year where I have buddies, dude, that are just full-time professional monster truck drivers. And we're talking 46, 48 weekends a, a, a year. Wow. You know, that's, yeah. that, I mean, talk about something to grind you to powder in a hurry. Yeah. That's it. So going through, I mean, those 14 to 22 shows, what's the... Because, I mean, it, it, there has to be some certain amount of kind of perseverance to, to uh, kind of continue to go in and do that weekend and uh, week out, right? Because, I mean, there, there is a certain amount of, uh, of burnout, right? I'm sure it's got to get old to, to some degree, especially when you're doing a matinee Saturday. And then, a, oh. you know, the, the fa- is it the fans that kind of pull you through? It, it is is clearly the fans because I'll tell you what everybody thinks and and don't get me wrong, dude. I I say that kind of kidding around, but yeah, you know I got the coolest job in the world and I'm sitting in the seat mm-hmm. that there's twenty twenty five thousand fans in that arena that want to be exactly where I'm at. Yeah. But by that same token, you think about it. I mean. I bet there's a rock star or, or somebody out there too that ain't having that much fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, what do you mean we're in Tupelo tomorrow night? You know, <laughs> we're we're in Las Cruces today. How does that work? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's 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 certainly uh, one of those but, things. No, but, the fun, uh, uh, the fun of it to me was always that that fan interaction. You know, we we monster truck drivers as a whole are like a dysfunctional family, and you know, uh, once once we climb in the seat and strap the seat belts down and and fasten the chin strap, dude, we hate one another, and you'd do anything to beat that guy next to you. But but the moment you shut that truck off you're over or they're over in your pit. What do you need? What's broke? What do we all do to fix it? We got to carry on. The show must go on. And it it is truly show business, but just to have that fan interaction with the pit parties and whatnot, you got the, the dad that, you know, is probably working at the repair shop all week or selling homes or whatnot. You know, when a monster truck show rolls into his town, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. By God, he's taking his boy. Right. And they're going to love it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and to see those kids light up. And, and dude, I've actually got, you know, uh, 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 in the industry, we, we, we tease a little bit, but we coined the phrase super fan. Super fan. That's a good, hey, that's a good thing to have. There's nothing wrong with having fan. some. Yeah. I mean, fans. honestly, we can do what, we do without the fans buying the tickets to the shows and and coming out and buying the t-shirts and the caps and 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 spending their hard-earned dough so dude every time i i I was out there you know it was i always took great pride in putting the best show i possibly could on and but you know with with some of that interaction and whatnot over the years and i've been doing this a long time you know, not that long. Uh, I've got friends that have been doing it longer than I have and are still doing it, but it feels like a really long time to me. But I think some- 15 years is a pretty good, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, clip that you've been, you've been going at. I mean, no <laughs> question. That's, you know, I, I, can, a- I had 18 years competing and that definitely seemed like a good, it's quick. It's crazy how quickly it goes by. And it's one of those things you kind of always go back uh, and, and for me, one of the things that you, you touched on that kind of really drove a point home is, is the fact of after the race is over and kind of before the race begins, 
you have those other truck drivers and for, you know, we have uh, other competitors there and, and it is that big, it is that big family, you know, and, and as when you're in the start gate, it's mono a mono, you're trying to beat the other guy, you're trying to do the best that you can, but off the hill or, or after an event's over, you know, you're uh, having drinks, talking about the day, talking about the weekend, having a good time. So, I mean, it is, it is one of those things that, that, that camaraderie kind of in, in sport is uh, it's really special. And I definitely, when I look back on my career, there's a lot of those weekends and, and nights that uh, are really uh, special for sure. So I'm sure you got to have a lot of good Dude, memories and, with those drivers. And I know you catch. I know you catch. I grew up with a bunch of bump skiers and wild ass buddies in high school that, you know, we would tour around and they were just kind of regional cats and nothing like your level, but they were still really good. And I'd go hang out, dude. I could never ski. I was like, I don't know. What's the point of this? It seems so dangerous. You guys are going to break your legs. Don't come running to me. You know? Come on, but you're doing uh, you're doing BMX stuff, breaking yourself well, up. And, Come on. And then I went into motocross, dude, because in BMX, I never had the legs, but I had the style. Mm-hmm. And then I parlayed that into a dirt bike. And, dude, I was a pretty badass motocross racer because I, I had the ability. I just didn't have the legs. And it was fun because, you know, we all have acquaintances like that and whatnot. And I have the utmost respect for you guys because I've tried that, mm-hmm. you know, and – it's not my cup of tea for sure. But by that same token, these guys would go out and on, on any Sunday, you know, we'd fire up the dirt bikes and whatnot. Well, now you're in my arena and you have that same respect. And that's a, that's a cool thing. But, you know, towards the end of my career with, with everything that I've been through and whatnot, it was a grind and, 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 I was certainly, you know, looking forward to hanging up the helmet. But afterwards, you know, when when the trucks are shut off, when they're tired down, when everybody's loaded up and 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 the trucks are in the trailers and and we're all hanging out together in the pits, mm-hmm. dude, those those were the reasons why I continued doing it. Yeah. You know, good, besides good the fans, but that camaraderie that that I shared, and, and I've got some of uh, the best friends in the whole world, you know, that you would maybe have the opportunity to run with once or twice a year, but mm-hmm. you knew that they would always be at that show and you knew whatever happened, it was going to be a kick-ass event. Yeah. No, it is one of those, uh, I mean, unique things in skiing as well. There are so many different people that uh, I met from Germany or uh, whether it's Australia or wherever, and you see them at like a training camp or it's amazing how you could not uh, really communicate or talk to somebody for a year, eight months, something like that. And then you see them and it's like, you never skipped a beat and, you know, great times, good, good things that that kind of happen in there, you know, and it's, uh, it's really awesome. Now, you know, it- I had, the, uh, I had the, the good fortune of, of doing the same thing with uh, Monster Jam and World Finals always being held in, in Las Vegas, albeit we never had the opportunity to compete in the World Finals. Mm-hmm. We were always there as one of the, the display trucks and whatnot. And, you know, there, there are drivers that were actually qualified to be in the show. Mm-hmm. that I'd done events with throughout the years that you would see, you know, East coast guys, Midwest guys, whatever, but that was the show. And, you know, it was such a big extravaganza dude. We would go down there for a week. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, and so you'd have some time to hang out with those guys and there's not a better place to hang out than Las Vegas for an event like that. So sure. We always had a, a, a good time doing that. And and then, you know, um, it was 2012 that I was voted. I won uh, the Monster Jam Sportsman of the Year Award, mm-hmm. which is something that's voted on through Monster Jam via your peers. And wow. uh, uh, that was that was a huge feather in my cap because albeit we didn't always have the the budget and, and some of the resources. Mm-hmm. to compete with some of those larger teams dude we were we were right there and and we were treated as equal so that was pretty bitching 
Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's such a, a high honor and it speaks to, uh, your kind of character and your personality, you know, that, uh, that's, that's one of the ultimate kind of accomplishments, not, not always winning the trope, but I mean, the sportsman and it just really, uh, I think it says a lot for sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. There's been only maybe a few times in my life that, you know, I, and back then dude, uh, monster jam was kind of a different deal. Like they had this huge awards presentation where, they rented, you know, the, the, the concert hall at the Flamingo or the MGM. I mean, it was a big deal, dude. You, you drivers and stuff that, that I've known for years. I mean, crew guys, the whole nine yards, dude, you dress up in suits and whatnot. Yeah. Be it. There are some of them that are still smelling like 90 weight. But <laughs> yeah. They were dressed up in suits and, you know, uh, uh, my attention span, uh, I just stepped out. I was playing a one-armed band and I had to go use the restroom or something. I come back <laughs> in and I sit down. My crew chief, our wives are there. We're all suited up. And Ron Duncan, your 2012 Sportsman of the Year. And I just like, what? I was kind of shocked, you know, and, and went up there and gave my uh, uh, my acceptance speech and whatnot. But, yeah, it was a, it was a real honor. Some of the other things, you know, we've had the opportunity to do is, is just some of the folks that are way less fortunate than, than mm -hmm. uh, we are. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, we all have bad days, dude. We all get down. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, do you have that much to whimper about? No, because we really don't, dude. Absolutely. I've, yeah. I've driven my monster truck with a police escort to a young boy's house that was too sick to go to the show. You know what I mean? And we ended up losing him just a couple of weeks after that. It was a, a, it was a tough deal, but talk about just kind of a magical moment and, and really, really making a tremendous impact on someone's life way, way more than you could realize. Yeah. And I've had the opportunity to do that a few times, you know, we, we go up and, and we spend a day at, at, at uh, with some of these kids at primary children's or, or whatnot, some of these hospitals and, and we don't realize how much we can change lives and, and how impactful that can be. Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it's really incredible. And it's just, you don't, I mean, there are so many things that people kind of even just a little kind <laughs> of shook up because it's like, that's crazy. No, I can't even, I mean, I can't even imagine that, that experience. I mean, it sounds, uh, it's, it's things that you don't think about. You don't think about the people that kind of notice, you know, you speak to those super fans and stuff like that. And you're like, Hey, I'm just out getting to fulfill my dream. And, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I don't have the top of the line equipment and, you know, the budget's maybe not where it needs to be. And, and little do you know that, you know, uh, you got kids uh, looking for the monster tracker to come. Right. I'm cheer yeah. them up a little just to get a little chat with Ronnie D. Yeah. A yeah smile yeah. on their face. <laughs> and, and that's pretty cool because like I said, we were, you know, when we started this thing originally, I mean, it was never designed to be something like grave digger or, or, mm -hmm. you know, max D or whatnot, where those guys just can go in and, you know, literally just leave it on the arena floor in 52 pieces and there's a semi truck full of parts and there's 12 guys that are going to put that truck back together yeah. so they make that matinee on saturday dude we we were never that team mm -hmm. you know it was like ah, damn dude i remember being in the alamo dome in san antonio and in you know knowing at that point dude you've made it to the pinnacle this is the big show and mm -hmm. and you hit that first launcher and fifty thousand flash bulbs go off it's like wow that was pretty cool but by that same token when that happens dude something takes over in your head <laughs> and then it's like oh watch this yeah what, I mean, what is that like going up against that 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 competition, right? I mean, Grave Digger is probably the most well-known, right? I mean, Monster Truck. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've had the opportunity to beat Digger a few times in my career, and it was awesome, dude. 
Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, I, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about There's a few of them, you know, maximum destruction. Bigfoot, mm-hmm. you know, I've always run uh, the Bigfoot guys, and they're like the two that that, that were the pioneers, you yeah. know. It, yep. it was Bigfoot and, and Gravedigger and, mm-hmm. and Max D. And, but, you know, every time I got in there, dude, I was in it to win it for sure. But, I mean – is the old girl going to hold together? <laughs> we, we're going to make it through, you know, and uh, I, um, we won our fair share. We broke more than our fair share, but through the years we had just miles of smiles, man. Lots yeah. of good times. No, I mean, it sounds, uh, there's, there's no question about it. there's something to kind of, kind of be said for that. Right. Now you've, you also had the opportunity to go and get a few, uh, some some movie action too. I mean, you got to go hang out with the guys from Nitro Circus. You got you were in that movie, yeah, right? Yeah. Their 3D movie. I mean, what was what was that experience like? I mean, you got to supposedly dude, Travis dude, Pastrana dude. is my doppelganger. Dude, Travis and, Pastrana looks like me. Uh, he so. does. He does. And uh, I'm just glad you don't walk like my friend Travis Pastrana, because uh, yeah, the old crab walker. He's pretty crippled up now, but talk about a guy that's been really, really blessed and mm-hmm. was smart about things and and uh, just a great guy. You know, uh, with my boys and whatnot, um, kind of growing up with Greg Godfrey and, and the Nit- Nitro Circus Clan, I, mm-hmm. I've had some opportunities to do a few stunts for him. Yeah. I'll never forget, uh, I launched a 77 for, uh Chevrolet long bed two wheel drive truck over like about a 65 foot tabletop backside of the gap. It was magical. Did it with a lap belt and an open face helmet on. My wife was mad as hell at me. It's like, you lost your mind. I was like, hey, these guys, they were all scared. Nobody wanted to do it. I figured. Roll the tape. This will be a one and done. I'll be damned, dude, if I didn't land it. And even Travis, like, that was impressive, Dunk. And I was like, man, did you say that? I mean, the only thing you've got on me now is millions and 42 X Games gold medals. <laughs> just a little. Just a little on you, Dunk. Say, oh, I mean, that's <laughs> not that much. What no. about the big gap? The 77 Chevy long bed, two-wheel drive. So, so when you go through and you're going to, to do that, do they break into the physics? Like, Hey, you probably need to be at this speed or is it just like dunk, just let her buck, bro. Probably start there. Give her hell. See what we happens. We would like to say, dude, we're a little more, what's the word I'm looking for, Bobby? Oh, you're a little more polished, a little more, uh, you a know, little into- more buck, but we're not dude. It's like you let her buck the chips will fall where they may. And hopefully you don't die. You know, <laughs> it's, it was a good day. You know, That's nobody left in a meat wagon. And yeah. I've seen even meat wagons before. So, um, but no, you know, I, I was able to, if you ever get the opportunity, you'll have to check it out because I narrated the Travis Pastrana uh, documentary, 199 Lives. Okay. Check it out. All right. I definitely check that out. 199 lives. It talks about kind of Travis growing up and, and his transition because, you know, factory Suzuki had their money all in on mm-hmm. Travis being their next racer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Travis always kind of had that freestyle switch and Travis is is just kind of that special soul that was not going to conform. Yeah. Uh, albeit that would have paid his way for a long way. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do his own thing and was a freestyle guy. Yeah. So they called me at Nitro Circus and they're like, Ron, we want you to narrate this. And, and, and so I did, and it was a great film. Uh, but then also, you know, we filmed the opening uh, the opening scene of Nitro Circus 3D, the movie, mm-hmm. which was magical, dude. Those yeah. guys were walking around freaking out. Dude, you know how those film guys are. We call them film anyway. Probably not on this show, but you know, <laughs> it's because they're, they're that type of guys. And like, oh, oh yep. this is going to be magic, you guys. And 
But to pull off what we pulled off with two monster trucks, 24 freestyle motocrossers, a helicopter, a trophy truck, a couple razors in there. Yeah. And I don't know if you, you've ever seen the opening scene. of. I have, but I haven't seen it. I think the last time I saw it, I think I watched it in theaters. So I haven't okay. seen it. So yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> talk about movie magic. Yeah. What a long day, dude. And, and we earned our shekels that day. Yeah. We did, and they were shekels. But I hit that jump, dude. And it was a big gap. Yeah. I mean, big gap. I hit that thing probably 60 times that day. Just, you know, set up, retake, set up, retake, set yeah. up. I'm like, dude, I'm over it. Dude, my neck, my back is killing me. It's mm. like, when's this old girl going to break? <laughs> together till like the last jump and i broke the the right front knuckle off it or whatnot but to see that uh on the big screen dude it was it was amazing super cool i mean so speak a little bit kind of just to those those injuries you kind of have to have to deal with throughout you know if you're doing 14 22 shows a week i mean not only is shit going to break down in the truck shit is going to break down for you i mean i know for me as a skier like you're never really a hundred percent until the season's kind of over and you get a chance to kind of recuperate and everything else i mean there's always bumps and bruises along the way yeah you have that two weeks at the end of the year for breathe through your nose a little bit and you're like (laughs) this yeah well i can tell you this bobby that's why i lean against the wall every morning to pull my levi's on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know I, all in all i was pretty fortunate and i mean i had you know i had a few injuries i've had concussions and you know uh broke some ribs you know uh-huh. broke my scapula one time and that was more i think my personally i mean i'd never admit this to anybody just on your podcast so make a note but i'll make a note probably wasn't as tight in my belts mm-hmm. as i should have been okay. because i mean you think about it the force you can never be mm-hmm. too tight you know what i mean you when you're hammering a nail yeah. you're hammering like that but if right. your hammer's on the nail it's not going yeah. near far does that make sense yeah no for sure um but yeah you know concussions i'm I'm that guy, not not as bad as our friend Pastrana, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I've I've hit my, uh, I've rung my bell plenty of times. Yeah, no, I mean it kind of is is par par for the course. You know, it's the same thing in skiing. It's amazing how much that's transitions like change too, because there's so many times uh, back in the day where it'd just be like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I just rung my bell. You go back up, you keep training and stuff like that. Now the protocol in this day, like that's, that was a concussion, you know, it was a mini concussion or whatever else oh, like you should be done for the day. Oh, and, and it's well. amazing with CTE and how much that's all changed. It's like, Oh yeah, I hit my head. I just rung my bell. Give me about yeah. five minutes. I'll be back. I'm ready to, you know, do the yeah. next full to my back again. <laughs> yeah, screw that. No, yeah. really. Cause dude, I've been that guy. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a guy that, all kidding aside, I never want to bonk my dome again because yeah. dude, I'm on. And, and, and now we know, right? There's some right. Things. You know, you look at you look at some of this stuff where shit. Back in the day, you had no idea, man. I'm like, eh, I feel a little fuzzy. You know, I tomahawk my truck in Elko, Nevada last year. I mean, and and rolled it like that, dude, and it was violent. And uh, mm-hmm. all the promoter could do was piss and moan about the six rows of horse fence I took out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Like, Don't worry about it. I'm okay. Fence. I, I, I mean, look at my truck, dude. There's a good chance I'm going to have to load it in the trailer with a magnet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the next day, and I mean, we thrashed, mm-hmm. we thrashed on the truck because we used to leave Elko in the middle of the night, we traveled to 80, and then we would do uh, uh, the the Utah State Fair the next day. And I've done that two or three times. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a pain in the ass. It can yeah. be done. 
But this particular night, dude, we worked on the truck till like 3.30 in the morning and it was it was in too bad a shape. Yeah. So we finally threw the towel in. I let the promoter know. I'm like, listen, there's no way my my my, my shit's tore up from the floor up. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, you talk as, as I'm just thinking there like you didn't sleep all night either. And that's one yeah. of those things, you know, I had uh, Dr. Uh, John Hatch on the show specializes in concussions and things like that. And it's just like how much that science has changed. Like you were, you know, it was always like, oh, don't sleep. You hit your head stay awake because right. the old thinking was, you know, you're going to go into a coma and everything else, but it's actually like, Nope, you need to sleep. You need to let your brain like rest and recuperate and everything else. So working on a truck till four o'clock in the morning after ringing your bell all day, not the best combination for you, Dunk. And, and, and no, it, it wasn't. And, and, you know, I'll be it. You know, I was never really, I'm not the ranch guy. I'm the first guy to admit that. I'm the marketing guy. I was the one who can go out and do the radio interviews and the TV, uh, the, 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 the 6 a.m. morning media in the arena and whatnot. But my guy was the guy who could put it back together. Mm-hmm. You know, albeit we're on the same team. So, you know, we work together. I'll fetch wrenches or whatnot. When I finally get in his way and he's had a gut full of me, He's like, don't you have some autographs to sign or something? That's your cue. Exit stage yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair enough, dude. Fair enough. And I, I feel out, but dude, the next day we got to it. And, you know, uh, that's a hometown show for me. That was a big deal. So I woke up, we got in the hauler and we drove back across the salt flats in the 80. And, and I looked at him and I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm pretty thankful we're not driving today because I don't feel all that right yeah. in the head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, it was pretty violent. So, you know, and, and uh, uh, the the standing joke I have with, with my wife, she always tells me, well, when you pass away, I'm donating your brain to science because you'll be <laughs> like Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, <laughs> they need to look into this. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things. Know, that's some some true concerns with CTE and and some of the stuff because I mean we all have had no idea, you know. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's amazing how how long it's come with football and and skiing and everything else and precautions and and certainly how much how much you've learned. You know, it's it's interesting thinking about Evil Knievel and uh, all of you know how many times he hit his head. Now for you. He had to be, he had to be a big influence going up and like, I mean, especially Aaron Nitro Circus with Pastrana. I mean, was Evil Knievel the guy for you? The guy, dude. I mean, you know, I guess uh, who's the most badass bump skier ever when you were growing up? (sighs) For me, I always, it was Jean-Luc. Uh, Sergei Shuplasov, uh, Nelson Carmichael. Nelson Carmichael was, I, I remember um, going to Freestyle International was my first like ski camp. And right. Nelson was one of the coaches for the camp. And I was like yeah. seven, eight years old. And he, so he's 1992 uh, Olympic bronze medalist and, uh, you know, unbelievable great skier. And I remember going with my dad and just being like, you know, we're going to like ski check-in and, and right. Nelson hadn't been there most of the days. So it was like one of the last days and I just kind of like, I was standing behind my dad. Like, I don't think I can take a picture with, I'm, I'm way too nervous. Like, I don't think I can do it. And then of course, you know, dad like drags me over, get a picture with Nelson. was like, oh, oh my Bobby. God. <laughs> and then Johnny Mosley, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, the sport and Eva was the guy, right? Yeah. It, and that, that was exactly it for, for me. I mean, mm-hmm. evil, dude, and that's back in when you tune in ABC wide, wide world of the sports sport because yeah. there were only four channels mm-hmm. and it didn't matter where or when or what you were doing, dude, evil's jumping and we're going to tune in. So no, that was a lot of it for sure. He was a big inspiration. And then, then growing up, you know, it was, it was super cool for me because I don't know, it's just my personality or whatnot, but I've been extremely blessed, Bobby, to hit it off with some of these guys. Like 
the king of supercross, Jeremy McGrath. I mean, yeah. I've, I've done so much with Jeremy and, you know, uh, with my wife and whatnot. It's like, how do all these guys know you? You know, and I'm like, I don't know, but I think it's pretty bitching that they know me. Because well, I, 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 I spent know? many, uh, not only me, but my brother, my dad, as we spent many a night playing that Jeremy McGrath Supercross game for, uh, for Nintendo 64. Oh, we, got, yeah. we got pretty good at that for, for a period of time. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, that was like, the, he was the guy in what, mid-90s. I mean, Jeremy McGrath, he was, he was the guy that I grew up with. I know for, for like my dad and for yourself, you know, Evil Knievel. I remember the first time we were going to Twin Falls, Idaho, and going across the bridge for the Snake River, and my dad being like, oh, yeah, Evil Knievel tried to jump the Snake River. And I was like, stunt cycle. He Dude, tried to jump this? He tried to yeah. jump this thing? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, uh, it was rough. And he lived to talk about it. He did. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I know the site. I know it well. I visited it many, many times in Twin Falls. Uh, and that that's pretty cool. But, yeah, no, uh, racing, you know, I had a. I had the opportunity to run the off-road trucks with the Lucas Oil Off-Road Series mm-hmm. for a couple of three seasons till the dough run out. How that was an expensive sport, but uh, had had fun. Met a lot of guys like that, you know. Uh, uh, former uh, motocross Damon Bradshaw, Bradshaw oh. drove uh, uh, the Monster Energy, um, the Monster Energy Monster Truck for a few seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, hit it off with that guy. I'll never forget, dude. I was in Boise, Idaho, doing a display with my monster truck, and just down at my table, kind of doing my thing. We're signing the hero cards for people, and this mm-hmm. that and the other. And I look up, and I mean, I was like, "It's a beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, Ron Duncan. Nice to meet <laughs> you, dude." And he was all like, kind of shocked, and he was like. But that was even before he got in, in monster trucks and and dude, we hit it off. He take he took me flying that afternoon and his he had a Piper Super Cub and we went and flew in the backcountry, did a bunch of stuff. I'm sure you're not supposed to do. And had a great day, dude. He, he used to fly down. Uh, uh, he was living in Boise. He's back in North Carolina now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he was living in Boise at the time and used to fly down to airport number two out here by my house in West Jordan. I'd pick him up. He'd spend the weekend with us and whatnot. So some of those guys do, which was always super, super weird to me because dude, growing up in magazines and whatnot, I'm sure it was the same for yourself. Dude, these guys were like gods. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're oh, yeah. like, like big, big deals. Yeah, and then you know they come over to the house. We have we have some high west. We you know we grill steaks, whatever. It's yeah. like at the end of the day, dude. They're they're not much different than us. They maybe took that extra left when we took a ride or something, and mm-hmm. and, and and but you know, and the one thing I always realized with these guys, whether it was McGrath or Pastrana or whatnot, just be yourself, dude. Be who you are. Be true. Be the dunk. Don't don't be somebody you're not, dude. And, mm-hmm. and and these guys will love you like a brother, and they do. It's cool. Yep. I mean, is that so? Is that for you? Is that one of the biggest takeaways as you kind of look back? You know, as you you you're past, you just finished your last season. I mean, is it those kind of long lasting friendships you've kind of built throughout the years, and those nights after the shows? I mean, that and the fans seem seem to be kind of the two big takeaways, you know, um, being able to show up and, and put a smile on a kid's face and then afterwards have a couple beers with, with some of the other guys that you were with. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree. Mm-hmm. 110% man. Uh, honestly. And, and that's what I'll miss the most. And, and it's going to be tough to transition. Yeah. As you know, I got a pretty tight, uh, I got a pretty tight crew and sure. we all stick together, dude. We take bullets for one another, but, but of everything that I'll miss and, and the things I'll struggle with the most, and you realize the importance of, 
the social media with what we do and, and whatnot. And, and dude, I just have not been able to find the words yet to mm-hmm. send that message out. I yeah. hope, yeah. I hope I can find it in the tank sooner than later. Uh, but I've just, you know, what are we, you know, November now, it just seems like yesterday it was my last show. I'm still honestly taking that in, mm-hmm. but at some point, dude, you, you've got to, you've got to figure out a way to put a period on it. And I honestly hope I can find that sooner than later. No, you definitely, you definitely will. You know, you have that attitude, you have that personality and those, those memories are great. And it is one of those things to, to take a peek back, but to, but to not live back, you know, you can't live back there. It's everything, those next steps and everything that you see kind of coming forward and there's new opportunities, there's new doors, right? I mean, it is one of those things where it takes some time when I got done skiing. I mean, you, you have those moments and I wasn't that high up the, up the totem pole compared to a lot of other, uh, guys that there are, you know, um, but it is one of those things when you spend 20 years doing it, um, it it takes a second to kind of give it a peek. And uh, those friendships won't go away though. Just as you step aside, uh, at least the important ones, the important ones, they'll still be around. They'll still be reaching out. You'll still kind of, kind of be able to, to keep in touch with them. And so for, for kids out there, for people out there that kind of want to get into driving a, a monster truck or get into that arena, what kind of uh, words of wisdom or words for inspiration or advice, what, what would you have for them? Dude, number one, never stop dreaming. Look at me, dude. <laughs> I drove a monster Cheers. truck. Cheers. Cheers, my man. brother. Yeah, salute. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's one of those things that they're really, you know, in – and it always gets tough. You know, it's uphill both directions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kid you. You know that. Yep. I know that. But don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop grinding. Dude, because if there's a wheel or a way, yeah. you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Dude, and I promise this, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm talking this is a long time ago, Bobby, like 86, 87, you know, uh, monster jam came to an old place that you'd never even heard of, bud. it was called the salt palace. It was, salt an I remember the salt palace. I mean, I know, remember well, hearing about this. I was not born yet. I was not born yet, but I remember hearing oh, about the salt palace. Oh, yes, okay. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not alive yet. So uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's where the ABA used to play. Mm. This was before the NBA. So no, but all kidding aside, dude. Uh, I used to have a, a studio apartment downtown, and and uh, me and my buddy went to the show in the salt palace, dude, and. And Grave Digger was there, and it was just a small show back then. And and Grave Digger ended up flipping over for freestyle or something. And I turned to my buddy and I'm like, I'm gonna drive one of those one day. Mark my words, dude. And it's funny how if you continue to grind and make things happen, dude, that one way or one way or the other, you'll figure it out. And I had the opportunity to do the deal. So it was cool. That's my advice for the kids. Don't stop grinding. Don't stop grinding. Ronnie D. Thank you, sir, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Magical. Thank (laughs) you. And I'll tell you what, uh, keep up the good work, dude, because you do an amazing job and, and uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you very much, my man. Uh, the next time we do this, uh, uh, I'll be asking the questions. Oh, I'm, hey, I would, I would love to. Let's flip it. I, I want to do a recap. Okay. So, you know, where'd you come from? You know, where'd you cut your teeth? You cut know, my- what's the steepest and deepest you ever, you ever bombed through? I can't wait. I cannot wait to get into that. That'll be good. The next one, we'll hopefully be able to do it in person. So I look forward to it, my man. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I like that. Thanks so much.
Happy Thanksgiving, my man. I appreciate it. Tell Avatar I said hi. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Bye, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also, you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.